everyone. It's Kristen back again with the Rider Die Tribe podcast with the From the Bunker uh, series where I'll be telling you all about my good, bad, and ugly experiences during this coronavirus quarantine, stay-at-home order, whatever you want to call it. But uh, if you listen to the last episode, you know that it started out fairly rough, but we have recovered and not saying that every day is perfect, but I made a lot of adjustments in the way that I was handling it and feel really good about where we ended up. So after that first day and a quarter of just absolutely tragic parenting, I had a real sit down and kind of look in the mirror with myself and knew that I had to change things, right? So going, hey, I'm good at planning fun and adventures. How can I do that became my goal. So we ended up that first week uh, taking a hike every day. We went outside. Of course, the weather turned nice after that last like really rough day. And we were able to go outside, which was literally life-saving. Or I'm not entirely sure I would have had the fortitude on my own to recover in the way that we did. But uh, we went hiking, and we went hiking every day, and we went hiking for long periods of time. And I will say this, we had um, my best friend Gina and her daughters were coming with us. Now, there had been, I got a little salty on my Instagram last week because I had been getting messages and some little like sideways comments about not social distancing because we were with Gina and her daughters. But I'm going to tell you a little something about this. So Gina and her girls and myself and my girls, We have been spending every day together and only with each other and no one else. So we're like quarantine buddies. And I know a lot of people are saying like, no, that's not what social distancing is. But before you start throwing out judgments, let me tell you a little something. So Gina and I became friends last year. Her husband was ill and he passed away in October. And um, through that, she sort of let me in and I've walked alongside her through some hard things and I told her that I was not going to leave her to face anything alone. And, you know, the name of this podcast is the Ride or Die Tribe podcast. And I have it tattooed on my side, Ride or Die. And the people that I love and that I care about and that are my people, I would truly die for them. And Gina and her daughters are those kinds of people to me. So I promised her well before coronavirus was ever even a known thing that I was not going to let her face anything alone. And so through this quarantine thing, it's hard enough for all of us, but uh, I think of and I have a big heart for all those people who are facing already hard life situations and then layering this on top, and it just shatters my heart. So Gina and her girls uh, have been a part of our quarantine squad, and it's been the six of us uh, every day, uh, and it's been amazing. So I think it's actually been very life-saving for all of us, but uh, we, we've been on hikes, and we've had picnics, and we've had movie dates here at the house, and we've done all kinds of things. So that's been absolutely wonderful to have that connection still in the same way. So while I recovered from a parenting perspective and was able to instill more fun and movement and excitement into our days, I'm going to go ahead and admit that personally, I really still struggled that first week. And everybody has their own stories of how this has turned their world upside down. So I'm just going to tell you how it turned mine upside down. And that is, you know, very, very first thing was from a work perspective. So last summer in July, I launched my new company, Adventure Alchemy. And uh, what I do is I plan mystery trips for people. And what that means is they tell me what they like to do, where, where, when they want to travel, how much they want to spend, 
Um, I ask them all kinds of things about themselves and their travel experiences and what they want to, what kind of vibe they want for a trip. And then I plan the whole thing. I pick the destination and do everything. They don't find out where they're going until the morning that they leave on their trip. And so that's been going so well. And I had just in February, middle to end of February, gotten a Boston Globe feature. And that was huge. Lots of success, lots of trade shows that I had just signed up for where doing mystery honeymoons has become a really uh, exciting part of my business and I love doing it and there's a lot of opportunity there. So I was doing these bridal trade shows and all kinds of things. Well, enter coronavirus and all of a sudden no one's traveling and then there's travel bans so no one's even allowed to travel and my business no longer exists, right? For the time being, it's a temporary thing, but it's still very like emotionally it just wrecks me. So pretty early on, travel took the first hit, right? And so I very quickly identified that I needed to have another source of income. So I applied on one day for Uber Eats, Shipped, Instacart, Postmates, and even WAG, which is a dog walking service. And I applied for all of those and was accepted. I also had a friend reach out. She saw me post on Uh, Facebook that I was applying for these jobs and was like kind of nervous about you know what was going to happen and it turns out she is she works for Indeed and Shipped is one of her clients so she reached out to them and within hours I was approved as a Shipped shopper and that was a pretty amazing um, you know helping hand that I got from a friend so then I started doing Uber Eats and Shipped and Postmates and all of these things um, fairly quickly and now now in hindsight I'm like man, am I glad that I did that very quickly instead of waiting to see what would happen and hoping we'd get back to normal quickly, which I still wish was the case because I already was up and running and going and there's a lot of demand for these sorts of services. So one, from a family and financial standpoint, that ended up being really good. But from a personal standpoint, um, it's also become kind of good. At first, I like struggled with it a little bit because I was like, oh man, I'm like a part-time delivery person and I'm not building an empire and building my own business is something that I've always loved and has always been a big part of my life and setting those goals and finding my own individual success separate from any other corporate machine. So, you know, this coronavirus thing comes along, my business tanks, is basically non-existent. My kids are home from school and they're struggling, but you know, my office is at home. I work out of my home. So every day I have this quiet sort of sanctuary of my office, but also outside of my office walls, my house as a whole. And I get to spend a lot of time processing what I want. I go to, I usually wake up in the morning, make breakfast for my first child who has to be on the bus earlier, get her out the door. Then I have a little bit of quiet time to myself before my second one gets up and I help her get ready for school and then she goes and then I usually have a little bit of time to catch up on a couple things or do like my morning devotional, do some journaling, which I I do more of a bullet journal like so I can talk about that another time. But um, and then I go to yoga and then I come home and shower and then I dig in on work and have client meetings and I usually have lunch or coffee with someone every day, sometimes twice a day. I thrive on that one-on-one connection and sitting down with someone and hearing how they're doing and you know just being together with a person and so all of that went away I no longer had a business I no longer had my quiet sanctuary yoga went away pretty quickly studios fitness studios of course closed and then it was okay now I I can't go have coffee or lunch with anyone 
it was just like everything's done and I don't have any alone time. So most people think I'm very extroverted and I do sort of present as a strong extrovert. That's just because I'm excited about life. But if the truth be known, I'm actually very introverted. I don't enjoy parties and large gatherings. Um, I do enjoy one-on-one conversation. If there's like two or three people, that's good. But outside of that, it gets a little bit much for me. So, you know, (laughs) I joked the other day, after this is over, invite me to your parties. I promise I'll come. And... You know, but like totally probably is not true. Like I will come, but I, it's, I just, it's just, it's not something that's incredibly enjoyable for me. I do enjoy the individual interactions though. So I'm really missing those. That's been a part of my daily life for a very, very, very long time. And that went away. The freedom to just go and do what I want, when I want, how I want. My freedom is something that I deeply value and I have always valued. And I feel like I don't have that freedom now. So I've really struggled with that. And then also, you know, struggling with my own personal things like the business and job changing and my personal space and uh, quiet space and yoga and all these things. But on top of that, trying to be a role model and guide my children through it, it was just so overwhelming. So um, I became very thankful for Uber Eats and Shipped and those things. And what I've started doing is I do those at night now. So my husband gets home from work. So he's an essential business. And so he's at work every day and he's had minimal disruption to his schedule and his routine. The, you know, the content of his conversations is changing drastically and he's feeling some of that pressure. But overall, he's experienced minimal disruption, which is great. And I'm thankful that he doesn't have his whole world turned upside down either. But so he gets home, kids have dinner, and then I head out and do Uber Eats. And I've been doing those usually starting around 7 30 8 o'clock and I'm going late I'm staying out doing uber eats until sometimes one in the morning and just I feel a sort of freedom in doing that and I feel very sort of like the world's kind of normal again and I'm driving around and getting to just have my time to think and process through my day and my feelings and my emotions and my stress and so while at first I was a little bit grouchy about it now it's become a very therapeutic thing for me so I do look forward to that um you know, Uber Eats is kind of an interesting thing. I'm going to take a little like side journey here and talk about this from a delivery standpoint. So if you're using any of those services, you know, keep in mind that the drivers are making very little outside of the tips. So I've had, I went from in the beginning, it was like most people were tipping and they were tipping very well to now I'm actually having fewer people tip than do tip. And I think people are just like wearing out on this and thinking, you know, like, oh, it's so much or whatever. But, you know, those tips mean everything because otherwise I spend, you know, 20 minutes driving around for like $3 um, and that's not great. And that's like gas money gone and everything. So it's like I really probably end up making a dollar for my time. Um, so, you know, if you're using those delivery services shipped, uh, notoriously, I actually have had like really bad tippers on that, uh, which has been disappointing. And I'm providing great service to these people. And they're telling me comments, things like, you're the best ship shopper I've ever had. This is the best experience I've ever had. And I'm not tipping. And I'm like, I don't need your verbal tip, woman. Okay. All right. I'm I'm back. I'm back. Uh, So just be mindful of that and be mindful of the people that are out there working. So that way, you know, or that are, are out there going into the restaurants and going into the stores so that you don't have to. And take care of those people because they're they're You never know why they're doing it. Like me, I'm doing it because I have no other source of income right now. 
And I'm also super thankful that it is giving me some emotional processing time. But the bottom line is I started doing it because I need to be able to support my family. And that that's we do what we have to do. That's another interesting thing, too. Talking to my kids, I think I don't think that they've really struggled with why is mom doing this delivery thing. I think they think it's kind of fun. But I did have a chance to talk to them and say, you know what, this is a temporary thing. But it's also, you know, yes, I have skills and abilities and talents beyond being, you know, doing food delivery. But we do what we have to do. And there's no such thing as pride when it comes to supporting your family. And you take a job that you have to take. And if that means I have to, I had actually applied and had an interview scheduled to go work in the warehouse at Amazon. And I was really struggling with that one. I'll be honest about that. I really felt like I, I really felt like I was above that. And I had to like check myself because they're hard workers and it's honest work. And there's like, it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I had to check myself around that one. And I talked to the kids about, you know, why I was doing what I was doing and why it's important. And we do what we have to do to take care of our families. And it's not about, you know, am I overqualified for a job or quote unquote too good for it? Because I'm, there's nothing, there's nothing that I'm too good for when it comes to supporting my family. So that's another takeaway from this. Um, I also, right before... So I live in just outside Nashville, and right before Nashville shut down all of the bars and restaurants, uh, I had decided I wanted to go downtown, and I wanted, and I didn't know, none of us knew that it was shutting. It was this was actually right before California shut down and issued their stay-at-home order, and I just decided I wanted to get out, and I was like, I'm going to go downtown, and I'm going to take a look around. So I went downtown Nashville, and I took some pictures, and friends, it was so crazy. Uh, it didn't really smell that bad downtown like it usually does. And like the bars and nightclubs were closed with the exception of like three or four at that time. One of the honky tonks, which is what we call the, the, the live music bars on Broadway in Nashville. One of the honky tonks had a band playing, but they were closed and they were just live Facebook streaming it. And this band was like rocking out. They were so awesome. It was so cool. But I took some crazy pictures. And in fact, this, the episode uh, image, the card for this, um, episode is one of the pictures from downtown and it's just it's wild um, and while I was downtown that was when the issue the the order for everyone to stay home in California was issued and it sent me into a place I'm not gonna lie it sent me into a place and I didn't want to go home I stayed out so much later than I had planned to I really felt like if you've ever seen or have a dog that you're trying to put into a crate or kennel to leave for the day or if they're outside and it's time to go in and they just have this like, no, I like they're like really hesitating because they know once they're in, they're in until someone decides to let them out again. And that's how I felt. I was like, once I go home, I don't know if I'll be able to get back out again. And I felt very on the run, so, so to speak. Uh, so that was that was an interesting experience. Uh, also interesting was that downtown was at that time, other than the like maybe 20 people that were out and me, there were like a whole bunch of and not, not excessive, like much, m- much fewer than the normal of uh, our homeless population. But homeless people downtown asking for food and money. And I my heart just kind of shattered for them because they have no resources either but there's not even anyone there now like you know whatever they're panhandling for like fine but even just thinking about some of the people that are legit trying to get a meal and there's nobody even eating downtown there's no food being made or thrown out scraps there's nothing they don't have anywhere to to receive 
like their basic basic needs so it was like homeless people cops and me and one of my friends um I had posted this on my personal Facebook page and a friend responded to it that she sang that line in the like Kermit the Frog and was like the homeless the police and me and so I thought that was really funny but that was an interesting experience too really really wild um another one of the things that I have about Uber Eats so this is you know, I didn't set out to talk about this, but it just feels like a thing I need to say now is I I hope Uber Eats hears this because one thing that I really don't like about doing the Uber Eats is apartment deliveries. And so if you live in an apartment and you're ordering Uber Eats, I hope you listen and maybe consider this. But one thing I don't like is delivering to apartment complexes or apartment buildings and then having to park my car and get out and go into the complex or upstairs to try and deliver to someone's door at their apartment complex. There are a number of people who do come out of their building and stand out in the parking lot and, you know, and I flag me down and I give them their food. And that feels much better. One, it's so much safer. Like I don't like getting out of my car in neighborhoods that I don't know when I'm clearly a, a delivery driver bringing food and I'm very confused and trying to find an apartment number and building. And it's just hard. Um, and the other one is it does take more time that way. And I've had a couple instances where I got another Uber Eats request before the one I was on was finished, but they calculate how much time it'll take you to finish this delivery based on where you're at. And it's like, you have one minute left. You're in the apartment complex. And then another one comes up and I accept it. But then I get turned around in the apartment complex, can't find the place. And now I'm messing up the next delivery time and whatever. So just be be aware if you live in an apartment complex or apartment building of one giving really good directions of like where the building is some people are like building eight and I drive around and it's like okay I found like one through seven and I found 13 through 15 but I don't know where building eight is and spend a lot of time like trying to figure that out but it also just is not terribly safe and as a delivery driver I don't get to see where my delivery is going until I actually pick up the food and go to start making the delivery portion of the order so that's one of the things that I have about Uber Eats. Um, they have been doing a really good job, though, with offering boost pay. So Uber, I think, has done a really good job taking care of their their drivers and, you know, their contracted workers. Sometimes you hear, like, some get a bad rap for some of these companies, but I've been really impressed. Um, I also, I am, just so you know, I am a platinum Uber Eats driver on my way to diamond status. But the benefits, honestly, are really amazing. So I can get health insurance through them, a flexible like healthcare spending account. Um, I get discounts on gasoline. I, I went ahead and got the Uber debit card. So some of my earnings, I just transfer onto that. And I get now as a platinum driver, excuse me, I'm like up burps. I'm not editing any of this podcast. So this is me just like raw dog. Here I am. Um, so I get discounts on gasoline, four to five percent. And they also offer tuition reimbursement. So there's one online university that as long as you maintain a certain status as a driver for them, they will pay for your entire college through this online university. And I think that is amazing. And I think what an awesome corporate citizen that is to be supporting their drivers in that way. Um, I'm signed up for some other ones and they don't offer those sorts of things. So I think that is just outstanding. So gold star on that, Uber Eats, you get no stars for apartment deliveries. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Uh, let's see. I think that's all I have for you today. Um, stay tuned for next time. I'm going to give you some recap um, or of like what's happened since the total lockdown quarantine and <laughs> where we're going from there and kind of 
just an emotional check-in. But I'd love to hear how you're doing, how you're feeling. Are you picking up any alternative work or are you staying in? How are you doing? How are you doing? What do you miss most? Do you miss that connection with your friends? Do you miss having lunches? What do you what do you miss? I know we're all missing something, but again, we are all in this together and I'm hoping that once this is over, we don't take each other for granted quite so much and we're able to really appreciate our ability to connect with people and that we really take advantage of that while we have the ability to. So thank you for tuning in to the Ride or Die Tribe podcast from the bunker. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Make sure you're subscribed, leave a review, download the episodes so you can listen to them everywhere. You've got nothing else to do right now. So you can go back and listen to any of the 60 plus other episodes that have been out there. If you like what you're hearing, this has a totally different feel from the other ones. But you know what? I got things to say. And what I love most about the previous episodes is all of the amazing guests, all of these women that have come on the podcast over the last year and a half sharing their story. And I just want to say thank you to them for being really the heart and soul of this podcast from the beginning, even though now it's taken a turn. So Ride or Die Tribe podcast, this is Kristen signing off. See you next time.